Life is hectic, demanding, and doesn't stop. When honest with ourselves, we must confess we often don't know what the hell we're doing. The LARCast is an ongoing conversation about the inclusive and mischievous nature of God's presence through the lens of all the things that make up this phenomenon we refer to as life. Astonishing grace and refreshing honesty collide right here for your weekly encouragement. Welcome back to the LARCast. What's up, Russ? What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Let me be the first to uh, congratulate you um, and to bring up and to celebrate that this is our 25th LARCast. Dang, dude. That's crazy. Number 25. Yeah. Cheers to that, man. Yep. Cheers to that. Absolutely. Cheers to you and all the hard work that you do. I don't think people realize that, that there is a recording and an editing and a production and a posting and providing clips here and clips there. And that's all you, man. That's all you, dude. Well, I appreciate that. And the Larkast wouldn't be anything without the talents of the one and only Rush Johnson as well. Yeah. So, I don't know about I that. <laughs> I appreciate, I appreciate you bringing, bringing the heat every single episode. So this doesn't turn into you know, just us congratulating each other and stroking <laughs> each other's egos, you know, for the rest of the episode. I will yeah. say thank you, and I appreciate that. But twenty five episodes, I think it's pretty cool. Like I remember when we started our our first one, mm-hmm. um, and to think that you know twenty five in, and. uh yeah, it's pretty cool. A, a, a milestone. You got to stop and celebrate the, you know, the good moments. That you do, man. That you do. It's been good. It's been a good journey, and I'm pretty excited, man, with where we're going. Yeah, I like and too, I don't want, I don't want to miss out on, you know, thanking everyone who's been rocking with us from the beginning. Yeah, if yeah. you've been rocking with us for 25 episodes, or even two, or if this is your first one, welcome. <laughs> We appreciate you. We love you. Um, we love meeting you guys. We're just on the tail end of the Lark Tour. We got, yep. I mean, we got to at least talk about that. We're on the tail end of it. We just got done with it and home. Yeah. Um, and so we do. We love traveling. We love meeting you. We love hearing your stories. The Larkcast really honestly exists for you guys. It doesn't exist for us. This isn't, we don't do this so that we can have a platform. We really are trying to connect with other people like us. And like you. Yep. Yep. Yeah, man. And it's been good. It's been a good conversation. And it's also been pretty exciting to be able to take what we're what we're sharing and finding connections with people and their hopes and dreams and interests and struggles and questions and fears and doubts. And not just be able to speak to that on here, but to also hit the road, which we just did. So we had mm-hmm. the first little leg of the Lark Tour, uh, St. Louis, Louisville, Lexington, Danville. And uh, you got to go up to Indianapolis and hang with some peeps. And, um, and we're just getting started. You know, we got more, more, uh, more dates and more places to go here in the very near future. Somebody asked me, they're like, dude, why don't y'all just go like on a long, like 40 city tour? And I'm like, well, because we have, uh, this thing called wives and children and, uh, we can't, we can't disappear for that long. So we do like three stops and then we go home and take care of our families and do work. And then we go and do like quick three stops and then we come home and take care of our families and do work. Like that's how we're doing this. 
yeah we don't we don't have a crappy punk rock band in our 20s like this that's not you know our situation so we got to yeah. do it in spurts and we're getting older and so there's only i don't sleep well when we travel i'm just gonna say it mm. and uh i'm like now that i'm like in my 40s i get picky about where we're sleeping and stuff like that and i can't i can't i can't handle more than like four or five days at a time i have no idea what i would do if it was you know like a 20 day 30 day thing yeah um, i'd get real cranky towards then be like man those lark guys they're a lot of fun on the podcast but man they were sons of bitches when they got my backyard <laughs> that's exactly what it would be <laughs> like dude i want to go home and see my family man and eat at my table and sleep in my bed but uh, no, I love I love connecting with people on the road like you. But I'm with you, dude. After a few days, it's like, all right, got to head back home, and we'll regroup here soon. So yeah, cheers to that. Cheers to what's happening, and do cheers to this conversation today. Yes, I know uh, you've tried. I know you've tried transitioning a couple of times, and I've gone back on you, and I'm going to do it to you again, only to say, only to say. <laughs> I don't know. I was picking up on your cue, but just because we're talking about it and it's important, just so you know, we are taking uh, requests for booking for the Lark Tour uh, in 2022. So if you hear us talking about that and you're seeing pictures of us like eating and hanging and talking and celebrating and all that, go ahead and email us at howdy at larksite.com. If you got a small crew or a big crew, really, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, reach out to us. Let's chat. And we'd love to come visit uh, with you. Come to your city, come to your spot and meet um, your community and everyone that's around you. Yeah, man. So now let, let's go back to your transition and the conversation we're going to have today. As we said in the last podcast, we are done with the parables. We're done. And we went out with a bang with the parables in Matthew 25. And as we said yeah. at the end of last week's episode, we are letting you, the audience, dictate where we head next. We are going to be fielding questions, thoughts, comments, wrestlings, stirrings, ideas. Um, bring us into where you're at. So again, mm. same email, howdy at larksite.com. Uh, maybe put LarkCast Q&A or LarkCast discussion in the subject and let it rip. We've already had a few people slide into our DMs and let us know um, some different things that they're thinking and some things that they would love for us to discuss and talk about. So we want more of that. Oh, man, we'll, uh, we'll feel these interests and fire away. So I like it. An audience what? determining... The direction that we're going next mm -hmm. it's gonna be a fun yep. little season and um so for this podcast today we are going to we're going to reflect me and you we're going to reflect on the 21 parables that we broke down um and we're going to ask each other a few questions and just kind of you know let's take a trip down memory lane hmm what was your, maybe what was your favorite of the parables podcast, or maybe what was, um, one of your favorite aspects of the parables podcast? Yeah, dude, somebody was asking me that the other day. Um, there's a bunch of them, man. 
I feel like I've run through the list and I'm like, I'm pretty crazy about all of them because, you know, it's something that I shared while I was uh, speaking this last Sunday um, at a, at a, a church that invited me to come and really speak to like good news, like what, what we're about in Lark and in talking about the parables, I said, man, the thing that I love most about the parables is, is Jesus intentionally seems to tell these stories in a way that assures that we will hear what he's actually saying about God instead of what we want to hear. And I think those are two different things. Yeah, it's a good observation. And I think that's why I've been so excited about the journey and unpacking all of these stories. But the one that's probably stood out to me the most, as far as like the one that I'm like, it's just, it's just too good, man, which is weird. Cause I'm just going to admit, it's not the one that I thought it would be. It's actually mm-hmm. a parable that I thought we would just move through and, you know, get on to these others that I'm pretty excited about. And the one that, that I found myself loving the most was the one where Jesus talked about the two sons, the two sons, right? He's, he's, he's being questioned about his authority. Jesus is, he's being questioned about what he's saying by all the, you know, by the religious establishment, he moves them to an understanding that, uh, Hey, this will of God that you keep talking about the will of God, the will of God that you're all looking for and trying to make Mm -hmm. sure that you, that you see it, you know, it, you understand it, you walk in it so that things go well for you in life. That seems to be this myth that we have. Um, he, uh, he points and says, well, let's just go ahead and determine like, who's got the highest authority. Is it God? Oh, okay. Well, that God that you're talking about said that his will is that you believe in the son in whom he sent. And they're like, oh, wait, 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 what? Right. And so there's this like alarming, right. Thing that goes on. And then he moves the conversation from there into this story that he tells about a father that has two sons Mm -hmm. and he goes to him and he tells him to do something, right. He hands him a task and in a sense, like, here's my will, right. This is, this is what I want. And the first one is like, yes, sir. Right. Salute. Exactly. He's like, I'm in on it. Got it. You know, me all in, <laughs> but he, he, he proceeds to not do anything that he said that he would do. And then you have the second son who is like, hell no, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not doing that. No, not interested. But later is like, you know what? My dad's right. Um, this is actually be wise and good, uh, for me to, to pursue this and he, and he pursues it. And so Jesus tells a story and basically moves this relig- all these religious people to the place of understanding that they are the ones who said, yeah, yeah, all in They're right. They're first sons. Um, but when push came to shove, man, they had no interest in God at all. You know, as I said in the podcast, they wanted undisturbed backyard cookouts. They wanted all that came from living in the house. They just didn't want anything to do with dad. Yeah. And that one for me, man, was like just so pointed to, I feel like just where society is as a whole. Okay. And I don't mean like just the church world. I just mean society as a whole, dude, whether you're talking about churches, you know, companies, social causes, you know, social influencers, government, in the sports world right now, dude, 
Like it doesn't, right? It's just everywhere, man. It's like this, is this uh, house of cards in a sense of morality where everyone is signaling far and wide, right? Of what should be and where they stand in that, mm. in that order mm-hmm. and don't realize that they're exactly who Jesus is talking about. And again, I'm talking about people inside and outside the church, dude. People who are saying yes to God and to what is good. But, at, but when push comes to shove, man, they'll do anything but what Jesus actually said. They'll do anything but what the will of the Father actually is, which is to take him at his word, to trust him, to believe that in the Son and through his life, his death, his resurrection is your death and now life in his resurrection. You need, you have no need, man, to pretend, you know? And so after doing that podcast, I'll just say this and stop. After, after that podcast, I sat down at a computer and just started writing something really quick. It's pretty short, man. It's like, I don't know, 15 seconds or something. It's just a few lines. But after thinking through that podcast, this one that I thought we would just breeze through and be done, I found myself going, man, there is, I wrote this down, there is always ample reason to pretend we are doing well. The, the discomfort of exposed weakness presses us toward an imagined self. And so we live out our days aiming to convince others, God, and mostly ourselves that we are on track. But all of this religious posturing is worthless. Through the teachings, okay, parables, and perfect work of Jesus, God has taken off the veil. Public exposure is at hand. Your good name and my good name, okay, and your, your recognition and my recognition as one who says yes to God has already fallen flat. I just really, as, as hard as it is to hear that, it's the most freeing thing in the world. There is life and joy in letting go of all the pretending that you are fine. The horror of exposure is not the end of you. It's the starting point. A lifetime of folly is truly swallowed up if we only dare to take Jesus at his word. This is the lark of grace. So as flawed and foolish and frail people, which is what all of us are, we really are free to say, man, we can stop pretending, okay, that our yes to God has somehow carried through that we're somehow these moral upstanding citizens who can now look down our nose at other people and pull up their emails from 11 years ago. Right. You know, Jackson was on ESPN talking about what just happened to Gruden. And he's like, man, I always knew that he was a fraud. I knew it. Everybody's like, yeah, man, I knew it too. You know what I'm saying? And they're all like, just harp, you know, just chiming in on this conversation. And I'm like, dude, every one of you is a fraud. I'm a fraud. We're all frauds. Yeah. In light of what true goodness, perfection, righteousness is what the word really means. In light of what it really is, we are all frauds. Mm. But that the beauty of the gospel is that's not the end of us. The fear of public exposure that we have, which is why we're all running around pretending that we're better than we are and looking down mm. our nose on others and all the division and exclusion and the ostracizing this person and then justifying it, right? as if it's somehow good and it's going to make a better world. It's just pure bullshit, man. Yeah. It's, it's nonsense. Right. And so when we can like 
instead just listen to what Jesus is saying in this story and go, man, he has met us where we are. And said a better you was never what was needed, but you that trusted me is what was needed. Yeah. And I was like, dude, that story, for whatever reason, man, really hit me harder than any of the parables we did. Mm. So. Yeah, dude, that's, that's really, really good. Um, that's cool. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. What about you, man? What's the, what's the one that hits you the most? What's the one that stood out above the rest? Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of hard. I'm going to go a little bit of a different route and not just say it's one, one parable. Okay. Um, because it, I mean, I've shared my story, the listening to you break down the Pharisee and the tax collector in 2014 without a, butt and no fine print, you know, and just letting it be as scandalous as, as it is. And it is scandalous. It's a, yeah. it's a very, it, a shockingly vivid way to show that this is like an apparent affront to law and morality because you just awarded the gold medal of justification to the poster child of sinners, you know, and letting the tax collector just skate, mm. you know, with, <laughs> with, with seven words, you know, and breastfeeding. Yep. God be merciful to me, a sinner. That parable was the start of my, my deconstruction and my rethinking of everything. It was, the, it was the confrontation, the crisis, the judgment that Jesus met me and confronted me very, very, in a very similar way to how he confronts the, the Pharisees and these leaders constantly in the gospels, I was confronted in a similar way. So that judgment, that crisis that Jesus brought into my life through the telling of that parable and how that kind of like set me into like a tailspin where I started to rethink everything, like the mm -hmm. foundation and the whole purpose and point of every, like the Western normative context. I was a pastor at the time, my role in everything and how I really was not announcing um, that God justifies the ungodly just in the admittance of your death, just by saying yes to him, by casting yourself solely on him. I was in the business of not even letting this tax collector out of the temple. I'm like, yes, sir. Quickly this way. Okay. On to the newcomers class. And we have everything that needs to be fixed in your life. We have a program, a person, a staff member to help you fix all that. Hmm. And, um, <clears throat> So yeah, that, that parable caused, caused m much distress, like for my good and, and to God's glory, you know? And so I'm, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for the crisis that Jesus brought into my life through your telling of, of that parable. And I know that it affected you in much of the same way, yeah. but I think one of, I have two things. One is right in the midst of um, all the cancel culture stuff, um, everything that you just mentioned about Gruden and his emails, right? Yeah. This yeah. idea that evil exists out there. And in order to have a better world, we need to remove people who think this way. And don't get me wrong, like the left and the right. Both. Oh, yeah. 
right? Everybody kind of does this. Yes. Evil, yes, 100%. the problem in the world exists outside of me, um, out there in the world. And in order to have a better world, we need to remove this person who has this thinking and ideology or way that it goes, you know, or way that, you know, this person or this community goes about its, its business. And so we were just like plucking people up and just ripping them out. Right. And just like removing them from the face of the earth. And one of the very first ones we did was the wheat and the weeds. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I remember reading and studying that parable and it was, I was just, I was blown away. I was absolutely blown away by like the response of the owner of this field. Um, because you know the story it goes that they planted good seed and somewhere in the middle of the night an enemy came and planted bad seed and the workers wake up in the morning and they and they are all of us right mm-hmm. they are the spirit of the age the wisdom of the world master somebody came and, and planted bad seed we're, we're gonna go get rid of it we're gonna go no. pluck it up and we're like man are you are you cool with that and, and you think like yeah that's what we're going to do. Yeah, of course. Good. Good observation. Good noticing. Glad you saw that. Let's pluck it up. Let's get rid of it. And he goes, no, let it all grow. And you're like, what? Let it yeah. coat, like, let it exist. So then, the, and that is just doing a bunch of things. That parable did a bunch of things for me. One, it showed me the folly of us rushing into wanting to pluck people in judgment and just remove them. Because I'll tell you that at one point in my life, I was somebody who was on the list of things to pluck up and get rid of. I was a problem child. I was causing a lot of chaos for my parents. I was a bad influence on people around me. I was causing a lot of hurt in my life or in, 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 you know, in my own life and for myself and for others around me. So I was on the, I was on the list of people to pluck at one point in my life. So I'm glad that someone didn't come up and pluck me um, before the appointed time. Um, But also it just caused me really to just see the, man, the tricky, tricky, tricky relationship God has with evil in this world. Yep. Yeah. And just a folly of all the, everything you said, just like moralism and religion run amok. And in the name of doing good, we just do all this like bad and, you know, plucking people up and separating and creating a culture that, you know, leads to hiding and shame instead of honesty, you know, those kinds of things. So that one was a big one for me, but I will tell you probably the biggest impact um for me in the parables is the principle of inclusion before exclusion because it flipped my understanding of the gospel on its head because up until that point i pretty much had an understanding that you start outside and by faith you get to you know you you get to come you know on the on the inside and the best i can do up until that point in terms of how i talked about god or how i shared about good news was the best I could do was a good proposition. Mm. It wasn't actually good news. It was a good, it was a, it was a good proposition. Meaning, Hey man, you're on the outside over here with Christ is the offer of forgiveness, the offer of belonging, the offer of love. Uh, It's not yours yet. 
Um, you actually, there's quite a bit of distance and a big chasm between you and the reality of those things. Um, but if you would repent and believe those can be, those can be true. And of course we are not, you know, advocating, um, you know, for in the end, this is the reality for everyone, regardless if, if you go to your grave calling him a liar we dealt with that in the last two podcasts yeah faith is a necessity we see that the essential aspect of faith but i think it's just a, it's the it's the most subtle it's the most subtle shift but i think that shift makes all the difference of the world to actually look at someone and say dude i have good news news of a reality that dude you are loved you are forgiven. You are included. You are seated. You are a guest of the King. Well, I don't, I don't want to be sorry, dude. You didn't really, you really didn't have much to say about it back when God decided to send his son to live, die and rise again and to reconcile the entire world. He didn't really consult yeah. you before he went about reconciling all things, but here's the reality. Here's the position of the King. He wants to party and you are included and you are loved and you are forgiven. And you are safely and securely home free. Do you believe this? Do you want to, you know, believe this? Because I have good news, not a good proposition, but I have actually good news. And then that crisis that the gospel creates where you need to grapple, you need to grapple with the reality of the heart of God towards you and the reality of what he's done already in his son. Those three things, bro, the Pharisee and the tax collector, the wheat in the weeds, especially in light of everything socially, and then the idea of inclusion before exclusion, those things have had the huge, biggest impact in my life. Yeah. I can concur, man, on a lot of that. And uh, one of the things I wanted to tell you while you were sharing is uh, I wanted to wait till you finished, but you had talked about like, you know, being on a list of people to pluck. And I'd say, man, after going through these parables, you're probably on another list now. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. hey, dude, it's true. You know, like yeah. um, since I, you know, it's funny, man. It's funny how all this, all this comes about. It's really, really hard, man, to live in this world, to really want to like love people and say something and just mm -hmm. make everybody happy. No, because if everyone's trying to make themselves holy, which is an impossible task, um, then they're always going to have an issue with indiscriminate grace that declares that to be an impossible task. But let me tell you about the one who came and did that for you. You're mm -hmm. free now to, to be real, to be honest. Um, if you've come to the end of your rope, as we've often said, you'll welcome that. Christianity at the end of the day is always a religion for losers. And of course, you know, you could unpack like why it's not even a religion, but you get what I'm saying. Like it's, yeah, it's a, it's a movement of losers. It's the, it's the worst of playground insults. It's that thing that we're all petrified of. And yet it's the most life-giving thing to realize. Um, especially when you realize that according to what we've seen in these parables, being a winner is not something Jesus ever asked you to step into, you know, like the, the constant invitation and in all the parables we went through was to give up, not get better. Yeah. Right. It, it was, you were never handed a, the project of self to complete. 
mm-hmm. you are actually uh, you are handed tips and tools to a better you yeah. or a better spirituality that will lead to a better you. Or as I've seen recently, uh, a spirituality that that's not about it's not about making a better you. It's uh, it's about it's about giving yourself, you know, to community and then in the community, you and others become a better you. Right. And I'm like, dude, it's still the end of the day. It's it's a religion about us. It's the opposite of what Jesus is saying. Um, we're all, yeah, man, I guess ultimately, like if you, if you talk about these things, even if you do so with a loving position toward others, because it is so life-giving, um, you, you will, you will lose friends according to Jesus. Yeah. And, uh, so I guess you're, you're back on the list, man. Back on the list. Hopefully I'm not on anyone's list like Steve Buscemi's list and Billy Madison, you know, where, uh, you know, someone's on the other end deciding who to cross out with lipstick. Um, hopefully I'm not on yeah. any, any list like that. Um, yeah. I wouldn't want to be on that one. Yeah. But you know, a list of, uh, Hey, we don't really talk anymore. <laughs> you know, like, uh, no. all of a sudden there's this felt felt distance. And we can't really, you know, kind of chat honestly about things, which sucks. I like, I hate that, you know, like, cause I really love, yeah. I really love wrestling with wrestling with things. Um, and in honesty, cause I don't have everything, you know, figured out. I will tell you, you know, I, it, I think it would be good to say, what did we struggle with the most in the parables or where are we currently wrestling? And I think I am really honestly wrestling well, I'm, I'm always going to wrestle with the scandalous nature of God's grace. If you're ever like, feel like you're settled in that, like if you're never scandalized by that, I don't think you understand it. Mm-hmm. It should, yeah. I think it should always um, create an, an, an unease in yeah. us, especially because that inner winner in all of us is still very much alive and well. Yeah. Um, and wants to be fed. It wants to be acknowledged. <laughs> it is demanding obedience. Yeah. Um, right. But I wrestle with, um, the, the parables of judgment. I'm really kind of like wrestling through, um, a lot of that just have a lot of just questions. Seems to be something for me that is, um, you know, just definitely like an ongoing consideration kind of playing in the background. Yeah, I, uh, I feel like if we were a progressive commercial, you know, where he talks about like homeowners, that's one of my favorite commercials right now is the progressive like homeowners insurance. And this whole like, you know, we can't help you from becoming like your parents. <laughs> it's like all these like Jeez. young people, you know, and he goes, but we can give you like insurance. I'm going to protect your blah, blah, blah. And I find myself sometimes laughing and I feel like we need to do a LARC commercial that says we can't. Uh, we can't kill your inner winner, <laughs> but, but we can help you die to it. Hmm. Cause man, that inner winner, dude, it's, it's like mayhem, man. It is. It's relentless. It yeah. is relentless. It we, really uh, is. Uh, Paul referred to it as the old man. Yeah. 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 The old man, the old man yeah. that loves glory and control recognition praise yep. loves to just bring it right clinch onto it in their hands you know control, control. Man. At the end of the day dude that's like golly so we're all just 
just vying for control, man. It's the garden all over again. Um, I would agree you, with you. For me, though, with anything, I, sorry, I, I probably should have asked you a question to transition in there. No, you're good. Uh, for me, I uh, I wrestle probably the one that I, I wrestle with the most, which at on the at the same time I wholeheartedly believe in is the par- is what we learned in the parable of uh, the weed and the weeds that you brought up earlier. Um, there's a, there's this, that, that, uh, that love for what should be, hmm. it's definitely something that I have and, uh, my lack of patience in seeing what should be come to be. Mm-hmm. And, um, and for whatever reason, man, my whole life, you know, when I used to get in a lot of trouble as a young dude, it was always, it's always going to jail, man, over just picking a fight with a bully. I'm just, we're getting kicked out of school for the same reasons or schools. I should say, I just can't, I've just something, man, for me, it's always been a pet peeve, dude. And so watching people get bullied today, Hmm. right. From all the camps, just to be clear. Um, it's hard for me, man. I start to see it as like weeds, right. Growing among the wheat and it's, it's, it does damage, man. And I'm like, we just, I feel like, uh, like God, want you just get rid of it, you know, like get rid of it. Yeah. You know, let, let us move them out of the way. Like this, this shouldn't be. And or think how many times have you prayed just personally too, Lord, get rid of this thing in my life. Yeah. Like I yeah, hate like this thing. Yep. And his answer is always to me, which is probably his answer to you. And it's his answer. I see in the scriptures to the apostle Paul. You know, the thorn in his flesh, my grace is sufficient. Like what you so, think. So stupid. I, I hate that answer. <laughs> I know. But it's but I feel like what I'm learning is like what you think should be is flawed. Mm. As yeah. much as you think you're right in it, you don't see the full scope. You don't actually understand the need. Uh, like in the garden, we've talked about this. It wasn't disobedience that led to disconnection with God. And now we just need better decisions. All right. In the garden, it was distrust that led to a disease, man, of self-reliance. That's why whatever happened to Adam and Eve there just keeps happening to all of us. And I think that's what the Lord's showing us, which is why he's patient in the midst of these things, because he is bringing about something for, for, for the good of those that he really loves, man, for the right for a world he laid his life down for. And there's moments, man, where I just, I don't want to trust, dude. I want to fix. Yeah. Right. I want to fix. And, uh, totally, man. So as much as I love that reality, that truth, um, um, and can point to like my gratitude because God is like that. Even to this very moment, right. You could put me on a list just as everybody who's listening to us. It's uh, it's still that thing, right? That you just wrestle with. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's good though, man. I found myself rejoicing in it while I still wrestle with it. I guess that's the best way to put it. Paul has this really interesting line in Romans when he's talking about the law. I've always really liked, I've always loved it. Um, Cause it's kind of like the ultimate mic drop on this idea of, you know, 
morality and you know who's you know who's better than who and who's more holy than who and you know like mm-hmm. just like gauging and you know all that he said the law shuts everyone's mouth yeah and you know not to get too deep in the weeds on law gospel you know theology but that is you know this is what that's why we need to carefully consider the law yeah. which reflects who he really is it shows you what harmony with you know, neighbor mm-hmm. looks like what it looks like to actually earn eternal life, right? Yeah. And earn earn perfection. Um, it's a good thing. The problem is, is we're not, but we think we're saved <laughs> by doing good, and we've created a bunch of you know religious avenues to yeah. belong and to make yourself appear better than others through good and the law comes in and it just it just leads you to your death shut your mouth and when yep. you finally shut your mouth and you open your ears as to like what god's actually saying saying you can't do it and i know mm. this about you i know you're frail i know you're weak as psalm 103 says my favorite psalm he he remembers that we are but dust and he has mm. compassion on us as a father has compassion on his kids and in the ultimate act of kindness, he sent his son for us, for you, for my enemy. Yep. I'm making a note over here, man. I found myself listening to you and going, it's like the sermon on the Mount in Matthew five through seven. We've, we've talked about it a couple of times. The kingdom playbook. Yeah. You know, people, you know, refer to it as like a kingdom playbook or a manifesto for how to bring the kingdom. Or I've often heard it taught as like kingdom ethics. Um, but when you take what Jesus is really saying there at face value, when you let him say what he's really saying, he's creating a crisis of capacity for all of humanity. He's unveiling what the law really demands. So the Sermon on the Mount, like the law, shuts our mouth. And the parables open our ears. So you can actually hear what he's saying instead of what you think and want him to be saying. Hmm. It's just like a little connection I was making in my mind, man, while you were talking. That's so good. So true. I saw... saw, um... I, you know, I follow a lot of people on Instagram. I was following this one cat locally. He's at like a, he's at like a hype church, you know, like oh, yeah. ripped jeans. Um, Get your you crunk know. on for Jesus. Yeah, man. Uh, Jordan ones, jean jacket, handheld microphone. You yeah. know, the kind I'm talking about, right? <laughs> yeah. Am I, am uh, I, am I, am I showing my bias? Am I showing Dude, my guys too gotta, much? I just got to throw this out here really quick. But the other day I saw a meme and it was a picture of this dude at a Metallica concert and he had like the hair and like just all decked out, bro. Um, no, he wasn't at a concert. He was just walking around, but he had the shirt on and it was said like Metallica fans and it showed a picture of this dude. And then below was a picture of the lead singer from Metallica and he's wearing like shorts and a t-shirt and like a pair of fans. <laughs> Probably walking, probably walking out of a department store. <laughs> exactly. 
it just made me laugh man when i think about like there's a picture like, like, like that the new church leader like cool attire and how you know what i'm saying like how it creates this this culture and <laughs> keep going man there's a picture like that of glenn danzig um you know lead singer of misfits yep. back in the day but um <clears throat> and um it was someone asked it was like kind of like someone asked like yeah how do i know you know whether or not to discern the voice of god and so he was getting into like you know these greek words and here's you know this the the voice of god in the bible is this word and the voice of the voice of god from the spirit is this word and this and that he goes but another good thing to recognize is that at the end he goes at the end of the day here's how you here's how you determine whether or not it's the voice of god does it lead to peace like is Mm. it peaceful and um and then he had some verse from Colossians, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts and stuff like that. And I was like, you know, I, I, I really do. I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I think that he does. There is, there is a peace. Um, but I, but I think, I think he's going to bring you to your death before you get there. And I was just thinking about the parables and just the crisis and the wrestling and the yeah. confrontation, like in a good way, I call them like a, these beautiful wounds you know, yeah. that he brings because they are, they're hurtful. They do, they cut right through the noise and pierce right to the heart of the issue. Right. And just call like, just lead you to just shut your damn mouth and really, oh. truly, honestly consider what he's like and what he's, what he's saying and all the ways where you really don't believe that and don't embody that and all that. And I just, I was just laughing because I've been confronted so much in the mm-hmm. parables and continue to be scandalized by his grace. And I continue to be scandalized my inner winner through all the parables. And I was just kind of, I wanted to reply and, you know, um, but arguing in Instagram DMS mm. has never really served me very well. It's therapeutic. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're a fan. I, uh, I, I go through spurts. Um, I might have like a week where I'll like go through like a bunch of arguments and then I'll, I'll like disappear for three months. But, uh, I guess I just keep coming back thinking that people can have a conversation on there and disagree and kind of work through the disagreements to really see what each other's saying. But what you find is it just never, ever, ever happens. I think it's too. It's how you kick the conversation off. Okay, yeah. man, just you know, saw this, just thought I, you know, you're massaging it. I wanted to just be like, what you freaking dumbass. <laughs> yes. Like, Hey dude, uh, there's a world drowning in religion right now. Um, not sure why you keep throwing weights at them. <laughs> right. Right. In the, in the, in the name of faithfulness. It's like how Jim Gaffigan describes having three kids. Yep. People are like, oh, what's it like having three kids? He goes, imagine you're drowning and someone hands you a baby. Yeah. <laughs> like, imagine you're drowning in the project of self. And then you just, you know, get all dressed up nice and shiny for church on Sunday, only to get handed another set of three principles or action steps that you can do towards becoming yep. a better Christian. Yep. Yeah. More faithful, a more faithful follower. Yeah, we need dude. applica- application. We need application. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the application. No. Give in to the riptide. 
and let it kill you. Let it There's kill you. Application. Let it kill you. Embrace your embrace your death, which we. Yeah. That's what Jesus continually says. We affectionately use the term death as a synonym for faith, for trust. Yep. Yep. So yep. good stuff, man. Um, yeah. Um, the conversation I'm sure will keep keep going. We're not done with the parables. We have some some plans um, to take a lot of that content and 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 create some cool stuff with it. Um, yep. for your encouragement, for your learning and for, and for the passing, passing it on, you know, to others. Um, so be looking forward to that. And I just want to remind everyone where we're heading. You are dictating where the Lark cast goes. The Lark cast is in your hands. We are opening up for a conversation for a discussion. So Instagram, mm -hmm. DMs, email, howdy at larksite.com. If you know us personally, text us, reach out, call. However, however you need to get your thing, your wrestling, your stirring, your question, your comment to us, please do. We invite it. And um, yeah, that's where we're going. Yep. Amen, man. Looking forward to it. So until next time. Till next time and cheers to the next 25 lard casts yeah dude cheers to that